0: Welcome to episode 55 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'll be recapping the books I read in January. Before we get started, just a reminder that you can follow the bookshelf on all kinds of social media platforms, including Instagram and Twitter at BookshelfTville. You can find full show notes at www.bookshelftomosville.com. And if you are a faraway listener but you do follow our Instagram or Twitter accounts and you ever see something in the shop that you wish you could purchase, you can do so on our online store again at www.bookshelftomosville.com or you can call and place a phone order or just let us know on Instagram what you're looking for and we will be happy to ship to you. So um, if you would like to support us that way, we'd love to help you out. Um, All right, let's go ahead and get started. I read nine books in January. That is due in part to January being a slower month in the store and it's also due in part to me following following through on one of my New Year's reading resolutions, which was to read more advanced reader copies. So advanced reader copies, for those of you who don't know, are books that are coming out and publishers send them to bookstore owners, booksellers, librarians, um, all kinds of folks, book bloggers, to get their advanced reviews, and it, it helps generate buzz about a new title, uh, help gets the, helps get the word out about new books that are coming out, and so we at the bookshelf get a ton of advanced reader copies every so often. Uh, they come in boxes from the publisher or from the Independent Booksellers Association, that kind of thing. So we get a lot of advanced reader copies. And as I mentioned on episode 54, sometimes we give those books to customers. We frequently ask for customer reviews and we stick them in our little free book bin and kind of send them out into the world. And then sometimes we save them for ourselves. And that's great, but if you are like me and you have a reading problem or a reading addiction, uh, your books can start to pile up. And so I made it one of my reading resolutions solutions for this year to try to read advanced reader copies, especially if they're books I'm actually interested in, to try to read them as soon as I get them or in enough advance where I'm being able to write these reviews when I need to review them instead of months after the book has already come out. And that's harder than you might think. But in January, I was able to tackle several advanced reader copies. And that I think contributed to me being able to read nine books in January, which is great, but I don't know if it's a quantity I'll be able to continue in our busier months. So Without further ado, the first book I read in January was The Widow by Fiona Barton. This is one of those advanced reader copies. I got a couple of thrillers, and I've said this before on the podcast and on the store blog, but if I'm ever in a reading rut, or if I'm ever... In between books, and I just don't know what to read next, often what I pick up is a thriller or a YA book. Um, and the reason for that is those are frequently books that I can finish in a couple of settings. Um, and so I'm able to read them quickly and kind of get back into the reading rhythm, which is something we've talked about on the podcast before, kind of getting back into your reading groove. So, The Widow is a thriller. It's coming out on February 16th, so shortly after this podcast releases. It is by Fiona Barton, and I do not believe that all thrillers are created equal, and many are terrible. I stand by my regular recommendation, which is Tana French. I love her suspense novels. Um, But... I thought the widow was pretty good. So the protagonist is Jean Taylor, and Jean Taylor's husband has died. And we realize that she has been keeping secrets while he's been alive. And now that he has passed, she is ready to share those secrets. And the book is told in three alternating voices, um, including, I believe, one of the cops who we find out maybe investigating a crime that perhaps Jean Taylor's husband was accused of committing, uh, Jean Taylor herself, and then a reporter who's trying to break the story. And I found the narration of the reporter to be the most interesting, um, but the voice of the main the main character, the protagonist, Jean, uh, was also pretty well written. Yeah. This isn't... This wasn't a high literary fiction, but it also wasn't, it wasn't Gillian Flynn level of kind of dark gritty. I thought this was perfectly commercial and perfectly enjoyable. I would kind of compare it to Ruth Ware's In a Dark, Dark Wood, which came out Uh, last summer, I believe. So if you enjoyed that one, you will probably enjoy this one. If you actually don't enjoy Gillian Flynn because she's too dark, which I totally understand, this might be for you because it's interesting, but you're not going to have nightmares. It's not, uh, it's not super scary. It's really just kind of, the pacing is great because it kind of unfolds slowly and you kind of are catching on to some of the clues. It's a lot like Um, well, I'm comparing it to a television show, but it's a lot like a Law & Order episode in that it kind of unfolds and you're watching, you're following along with this reporter and this cop and this main character, and you're kind of unveiling the secrets along with Gene. So I didn't think it was particularly groundbreaking, but of the thrillers I read this month, which we'll recap a couple of others, this one to me was the most enjoyable. Again, that's The Widow by Fiona Barton. I think it would be a really... A really enjoyable book to read this winter um, because it's fairly fast-paced, uh, the story unfolds at a, at a decent rhythm, and so I think you'll enjoy this one. The next book I read is also a thriller, and so I've clearly had a type of book I was reading this in January, and that is Twisted River by uh, Siobhan McDonald. Twisted River, I did not find it to be quite as compelling as The Widow, however, I still enjoyed it, and The premise of this book is basically the movie The Holiday with a very scary twist, hence the name Twisted River. So um, basically these two families, one in New York City and one in Ireland, swap houses for much-needed vacations for them both. And we know from page one that somebody winds up dead. That's not a spoiler. It's in the first page. And from there, the story kind of goes back into the past and builds up to that first page. So, um, these families, we follow them on vacation and we're desperately trying to figure out who on earth dies. Why did it happen? It's kind of like uh, a version of Clue. Uh, I really liked this one. It's not, again, it's not groundbreaking. These aren't gone girl level thrillers. Everybody I feel like is looking for the next gone girl. And And the reality is that there are lots of really well-done thrillers out there, and I think these are two good ones. They aren't necessarily excellent ones, if that makes sense. So if you're looking just like I was for a quick read, something to kind of get you back on track, or if you just enjoy thrillers, absolutely pick these up. Um, They're perfectly enjoyable. Um, The first one I mentioned, The Widow, comes out next week, and then Twisted River actually comes out on March 22nd, so you've got some time. Um, And... I think, especially with uh, people using Airbnb or renting people's homes, that it's kind of got an eerie quality to it that you will you will really enjoy. Um, so Twisted River by Siobhan McDonald comes out on March 22nd. Um, coming out next week, so just a couple of days from the podcast release date on February 9th, is The Arrangement by Ashley Warlick. If you follow me personally on Instagram, you've seen me feature this book. It is a novel written by a fellow Southern bookseller. So Ashley Warlick is in South Carolina. She works at a bookstore, and I believe she is a food writer, if I'm not mistaken. And you can tell because the arrangement is all about MFK Fisher, the prolific food writer. I knew nothing about MFK Fisher going into this book, and now I want to know all the things about MFK Fisher. And I've mentioned before, I'm not a foodie, necessarily. I'm not really a great or expansive cook but I do enjoy books about food and books about cooks and this book... Um, Ashley Warlick does a really great job of writing beautifully about food and food writing. And MFK Fisher is fascinating. And if you are like me and you are not familiar with her, I think this fictional take on her life would be a great place to start, give you kind of an introduction, and then you could move in perhaps to books by MFK Fisher, or at least, like me, it'll lead you on a Google search all about um, Fisher and what she did in her lifetime. Um, I will tell you that this story starts with infidelity, Um, and I don't always enjoy books about infidelity or books that I think romanticize infidelity. However, this is a true—it's a fictional story, so it's a novel, but it is a true to M.F.K. Fisher's life and personal history. So M.F.K. Fisher famously had an affair— And that is where this book the arrangement begins and Ashley Warlick is so talented because this book starts in 1930s California and we travel with MFK Fisher and her friends and her acquaintances to France to the Swiss Alps and each setting Warlick does such a great job of writing about each place and you just feel like you're right along there with her you just you just can actually really envision these places that M.F.K. Fisher has visited. And I thought that was a really beautiful part of this book. I am raving about this book. I loved it. I also think it would be a great book club book. If you're looking for a book club book in the next few months, I think this one would be perfect. Lots of room for discussion about food writing, about marital strife, about... Um, gosh, about traveling. Like, there's just so much packed into this book about ambition and what a woman's ambitions look like and how it affects her life. Um, Really great. Great book club book. I am recommending this one for people who are fans of The Paris Wife, Rules of Civility. It kind of takes place in this, you know, early 1930s, so we haven't, if I'm not mistaken, the Depression hasn't hit yet, so... If in the, Anyway, this book, just you're going to see a lot of the same themes that you see in The Paris Wife or in Rules of Civility, kind of this higher, maybe upper-middle-class uh, group of people and their travelings and kind of their lifestyles. Really, really beautifully done. This is The Arrangement by Ashley Warlick. Okay, so next I read Perfect Days by Raphael Montez, It is very difficult to review books that I don't like, but I have done it before, and I will do it again, and here is what you need to know as a listener and fellow reader. Reading is so personal, and so what I don't like, you might love, and what I love, you might hate. And that happens all the time in the bookshelf. That's why our jobs are so important. Um, It's not just important, or it's not just good enough to read books and then just recommend them to everyone. We really strive, and probably most of your librarians and your independent booksellers really strive to recommend books that you are going to enjoy, so that are personal to your tastes. So, am I raving about the arrangement? Yes, absolutely. Will I recommend it to everyone? No, because not everyone will enjoy it. That being said, I did not love perfect days. And I wanted to, because my sales rep raved about this book and it's she's a sales rep that I trust and I value her opinion so I wanted to wanted to enjoy this one um it's a thriller so part of it may have been that I was coming off of the previous two books I mentioned Twisted River and The Widow and I enjoyed those this is a translation as well so Perfect Days was originally written in Brazil so in Portuguese um the author Rafael Montez is fairly well known my understanding is that he's fairly well known in Brazil and this is being released in the US for the first time I believe this week so you may already be seeing seeing it in your bookstores it's about a young medical student who basically begins stalking and falls in love with this woman he meets I think at a bar and he kidnaps her no spoilers that's all on the back of the book and then we watch them um, travel across Brazil together a couple of things about this book one we are going to do a full podcast about this particular title and the reason is it would make a good book club book because the opinions are varied so my manager Rebecca read it we got a customer and podcast regular Hunter McClendon to read it and so the three of us are going to sit down and have a chat about it I think next week so it's kind of going to be a book club format to give you an idea of whether this might be for you or not I won't go into too much more detail about it because we're dedicating a whole episode to it, but I thought Perfect Days was very dark, too dark for my personal taste. I wanted to put it down and didn't um, because there was a sticker on the front of my advanced reader copy that told me if I could just get to page whatever, it would be worth the wait, meaning let us, I think the sticker said, let us know when you get to page 198 or something like that. Kind of a gimmick, but it worked because I desperately wanted to get to page 198 waiting for, sadly, uh, I guess that gone girl type twist. And this book was just really dark, bothered me several days later. So it wasn't for me. Um, However, I can't wait to talk about it with Rebecca and with Hunter because I think you'll be able to tell with an in-depth discussion if it's the book for you it's a thriller released this week uh, perfect days by rafael montez Um, i think you'll be seeing it a lot of bookstores it's got a really unique great cover Um, and again my sales rep raved about it so i think you're going to be seeing this one a lot of places and we'll dedicate a full episode to it i hope next week so stay tuned for that next i read 40 rooms by olga Greshin. Just like The Arrangement, I think if you follow me on Instagram or if you... I have a personal newsletter, if you subscribe to that, you have heard me talk about this book. Um, It is the other book that I read this month that I absolutely am raving about. I actually think it's a little bit more literary than The Arrangement, and so it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of 2016 I wound up recommending this one as one of my favorite books of the year. That's how good it is. The premise is simple. Um, The writer argues that a woman occupies 40 rooms in her lifetime, meaning the room where she is a child, where she grows up, the room—the dorm room, where she lives in college, the bathroom, where she cries after her first breakup— the room where she rocks her first baby, all of these, all of these rooms, a woman spends her life in 40 rooms. And this novel follows one woman and the 40 rooms she occupies. So it almost reads like a collection of short stories. Um... And in fact, that's kind of how I'm describing it because each chapter is a different room in the woman's life and therefore a different stage in her life. And by the end, you have just followed along and just been given this intimate look at the main character's life. And again, this would be an excellent book club book because there's so much fodder for discussion about, um, the choices that a woman makes, um... What marriage and family, the roles they play in a woman's um, personal and professional success, um, I absolutely love this book. All wrapped up in that, this this author is a Russian American, and so you've got really this unique look into a Russian immigrant's life. And so on top of these deep, deep seated issues that all women face, you've also got this really unique look at immigration and at what this this particular main character struggled with when she moved to america and her choices to stay and gosh it's just so beautifully written truly one of the best books i've read in months i love this one i recommend it for fans of lauren groff's fate and fates and furies um it it's just beautiful and if if you read it please come to the bookshelf and talk to me about it or leave me a note because. This, gosh, I just want to put it into everybody's hands. I really liked it that much. Next, I read The Expatriates by Janice Y.K. Lee. This is another book, interestingly, told in three alternating voices, this time the voices of three women who have found themselves in Hong Kong um, because of either their own professional business or the businesses of their husbands, their spouses. And so... The author is um, an Asian American, and so I loved reading about a part of the world that I don't frequently read about. I recommend this book for those who enjoyed Crazy Rich Asians, um, which came out a couple of years ago, because the characters in this novel are mostly wealthy women who are trying to find their way in Hong Kong. And we know that one of the women has faced a tragedy, and Um, probably about a quarter, halfway through the book, you find out what that is, and then how she is coping with that. And then all of the lives of these women kind of intersect and ebb and flow around each other, which, which you'll understand when you start reading it. I enjoyed this one. I think because I read 40 Rooms and because I read The Arrangement, uh, this one was good, but I had just come off a high of those two books. It's why it's so important to kind of gauge what you're reading. But this, this was an advanced reader copy, so I wanted to read it. It actually came out late January, so it's available in your bookstores and in your libraries. I think I've used this phrase a couple times on this podcast already, but perfectly enjoyable, meaning very satisfactory. I was not disappointed upon reading this book, but I also wasn't just dying to put it in someone's hands. So maybe that explains... I thought it was... Well done, um, but not one I'm going to rave about. Um, Next, I read Side Effects May Vary. It is by Julie Murphy. It's my young adult novel that I read in January. I try to read at least one YA book a month. And Julie Murphy is the author of Dumplin', which I loved so much that I put it on my Best of 2015 list. Side Effects May Vary was her first book. I picked it up or ordered it for myself without even reading the premise like I just knew I wanted to read something else by Julie Murphy so I ordered it um got it in the bookshelf we can special order books for you so I special ordered this one for myself and then I read the premise and it was it's about a teenager with cancer and I thought no I no I cannot uh this is like a genre now that I I do not really want to get behind I mean I read The Fault in Our Stars before it Uh, not before it came out but before it blew up I guess. I read it um, the very first summer it was released and I did love it because I do enjoy John Green. I understand the criticisms about him meaning I do think a lot of his books have the same tone his characters are all very similar and they aren't always like teenagers I know in real life however I do enjoy reading John Green books. I think that they're uh, they're page turners and they're different from the post-apocalyptic fantasy young adult novels that I really just don't enjoy. So that being said, side effects may vary. I was very disappointed at first thinking, oh no, this is another book about a teenager with cancer. However, the main character, Alice, yes, she has cancer, but the book is about what happens when her cancer goes into remission. So when she is diagnosed with cancer, she embarks on this revenge this vengeful bucket list meaning she kind of attacks and and, and um, kind of stakes out all of these people who have been burdens to her in high school whether that's her ex-boyfriend or the mean girl and she kind of does all these different tasks and she recruits her friend to help her and then she has to live with the repercussions of going into remission And now she has completed this bucket list and done these things that she can't take back. Um, and yet she also is alive to face the consequences. So, um, the book is not really about cancer so much as it is about revenge and what happens when we take revenge and what the consequences of that looks like. And for that reason, I wound up really enjoying it. I thought it was very unique, very, a very unique premise, um, there are lots of YA novels I read that I don't enjoy. I read and enjoyed this one quite a bit. I still think Dumplin' is phenomenal. This isn't quite on par with that. However, I finished it in, a like I think, a couple of nights. Um, I think Julie Murphy is a great writer. If you enjoy John Green, Rainbow Roll, I think she's right up there with them. Um, really, a, a more realistic, even, I think, portrayal of teenagers. So, Side Effects May Vary by Julie Murphy. Next, I read When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. You have probably already seen a lot of hype about this book, whether it's been on a morning show or NPR. PR. Um, I think the author's sister-in-law is a pretty well-known blogger, so you may have seen this book kind of making the rounds. Let me go ahead and tell you, there are some books that are not worth the hype, meaning maybe they're well-connected authors, maybe they just have this really great marketing not necessarily scheme, but this marketing plan, and so they've been able to get the word out about their books Um, that is not the case here and what I mean is, you've heard about this book, you've seen a lot of hype, New York Times bestseller list, it's excellent, it's beautifully written, Um, Paul Kalanithi was a neurologist, he was finishing up his neurology training when he was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer and this book is the book that he wrote, the memoir that he wrote while he battled stage 4 lung cancer before dying at the age of 37. And his wife helped compile this book and get it ready for publication. It is a, an incredible look at what living a life of meaning looks like. Um, Kalanithi is a really wonderful narrator in that he's so earnest and smart and yet you can really kind of walk along this journey with him and he and his wife are both doctors like I said he's a neurologist and they both have this really interesting view this rare all too rare view um in this day and age that death is just a part of life and it's kind of what we all have to deal with at one point in time but most of us hate talking about that most of us don't like thinking about that and Kalanithi kind of turns that on its head and says we should be thinking about this we should be talking about it and not only talking about death but also talking about what makes a well-lived life this book is so good I just can't talk about it enough I absolutely loved it it's hard to read meaning I sobbed (laughs) I don't i feel like I say this a lot, but I'm actually not a huge crier. Um, there are a few movies, Publix commercials, The Wonder Years. These are things that I cry over. Um, books that are really well done or beautiful, I do cry over. Um, this was one where I sobbed. Um, I just remember reading it in bed thinking it just made me feel a lot of things and so I personally think that that's good for us a lot of people don't want to read books that make them feel things or or sadness and I understand that but if you can stomach it if you can handle it please do because it this book is so wonderfully beautifully done and it will really get you thinking about things I think we should be thinking about more so the book is called when breath becomes air and it's It's by Paul Kalanithi. The last book that I read in January was called My Kitchen Year by Ruth Reichel. You've probably heard of this one, too. Ruth Reichel is the former editor of Gourmet Magazine. Um, This is actually kind of a cookbook, and it follows what happens when Gourmet closes. And she is faced with a new life because her job has ended and her magazine has closed. And I picked this up because I read that it would be a great love story to new york it's a great love story to the city and so i read that it would be a great book to tackle before my husband and i left for new york unfortunately so uh winter storm jonas kind of ruined our vacation (laughs) so we did not get to go to new york city and i would talk more about that but it makes me very sad so i read my kitchen year because i was supposed to be in new york (laughs) and so i read this book instead it is hefty, meaning it's a cookbook, so it was kind of uncomfortable to read it in bed, which is when I frequently read. However, this is more than a cookbook. Um, it's filled with recipes, but it's also filled with her, her memoir, her memories of Gourmet Magazine, her her struggles with what happens now that Gourmet Magazine is closed, her adjustment to life in the country, then back in New York City. Um, it's just really, really well written. Totally unlike anything I've read in quite some time. Um, I'll go ahead and compare it to Bread and Wine by Shawna Nyquist. Um, mo- you know, very recipe heavy, but also just a beautiful testament to the seasons because it's it's a seasonal book. It starts, I believe, in winter and moves through the through the rest of the seasons, and kind of you walk this journey with her as she, um, as she faces life without this job that she loved and so i don't know how many recipes i'll be cooking from this book but i will tell you i bought it which uh booksellers don't always buy books because we can read them on our in our spare time and so i don't always buy a ton of books but i bought this one i think it's absolutely gorgeous Even if you don't cook any recipes from it, it deserves a spot in your kitchen, and it is worth the read. I thought it was really beautifully done. I had read Delicious by Ruth Reichel, which is her novel, and she mentions the novel in this book, Um, but I did not finish Delicious, and I think that's just a personal preference. I just kind of fell out of touch with it and moved on to another book. And I never went back and finished it. However, a couple of my customers did read it and enjoyed it. Um, So this was my first full Ruth Reichel experience, and I adored this book. I thought it was great. Very glad I bought it. Very glad it's on my shelf. That's My Kitchen Year by Ruth Reichel. And those are the nine books I read in January. I will link to a full list of these books in the show notes so you can get full descriptions and author and title names just in case these are books you might want to check out. Um, Please let me know if you've read any of these. I'd love to know your thoughts and opinions. Don't forget you can follow us online um, at Bookshelf t on Instagram and Twitter. You can find full episodes of the podcast at www.bookshelftomasville.com or on iTunes. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week.